Story number one. Now what are they doing? Written by Cal Wallace. The overseer watched from a safe distance. Thousands of them had gathered at the straw, lying about, cooking, imbibing toxic fluids, and generally, apparently, having a good time. Do they know about radiation? Both the biologic and anthropic floated nearby, watching the same scene as their master. They'd both been studying the humans for quite some time, and had begun to understand them, at least a little. Anthropic spoke first, tendrils pointing to a group of younglings. They seemed to do this for recreation, in herd sizes ranging from two or four to upwards of twenty or more. They often bring appliances for burning meats, flasks, or metallic containers of ethyl null, diluted, of course, and flavored, and uh, simply lay about. Biologic added, Our chief advisor states that it is known as a, um, holiday, sometimes a, uh, beach party. But why? What purpose does it serve? Do all humans do this? Biologic let Anthropic answer this one. Well, yes and no. Some humans come from wetter, colder climates. They often travel to planets with warmer standard temperatures. For a week or longer, perhaps once or twice a sole year. Are they basking like the Nakivodians do? No, Overseer. Humans are warm-blooded mammals. They do not wear thermosuits to regulate temperature in the same way the cold-blooded beings do. Anthropic interjected, though they do dress according to external temperatures, thicker clothes in the cold, less or lighter clothing in the heat. I see. He spoke to a passing human, voice broadcast through an external speaker. Human, please answer my query. Are you aware of the risks of absorbing copious amounts of ultraviolet light on a biological being such as yourself? He paused, quizzically looking at his face. Well, yeah, we've been doing this for eons. Love a beer and a barbie on the beach. Are you from Earth originally? That's right, the human beamed. Australia! Biologic and Anthropic both sent to Overseer their information on the southern country. The human continued ignoring the Overseer's surprised leaps. Down there, this is considered cold. Cold? You are aware the sun here is closer to the planet than sold is to Earth? The man shrugged, still smiling. It is, but we've got sunscreen. Does the trick. Hey! He pulled a quartet of metallic cans from the satchel. Fancy a beer. Biologic spoke. We unfortunately cannot partake in the processing of biological substances, but thank you. The can hissed as he cracked it, taking a swig. No worries, more for me. He sauntered off, sipping his beer, joining a group that appeared to be playing some sort of game involving a flat, circular disc of plastic. They sit in the sun, becoming irradiated, dehydrating from ethanol ingestion, cooking themselves as a result of cancers and burns, allow the children to run about fully exposed. They do this for fun? Indeed, overseer. Biologic sent another data pack. They do receive some natural benefits. There are certain vitamins and chemicals produced, much like the photosynthesis in plant-based life that humans require. But they could receive these nutrients orally or by injection, no? Well, Anthropic spoke now, hesitating. I believe I'm correct in thinking that it is more fun. Mammals appear to become more active in the sunlight and warmth. Reports are feeling generally better and seem more amicable than in winter times. It is almost as if they are natural solar batteries. Biologic sent a string of ones and zeros representing mirth. 
My team and I have expressed the same idea, Overseer. It seems that their status of death wilders has given them many odd physiological benefits. They are vulnerable to the benefits, however, Anthropic said. They often abuse them, or overdo it, as a chief advisor would put it. The Overseer floated there, progressing silently. Then, how is Carl? I have not seen him in some time. He is off-world, having a holiday. Where? He's on an ice world at the moment. The overseer groaned digitally. You mean they also take extreme holidays in the cold as well? Yes, and at great heights, subterranean locales, deep sea and barren moons. I can send you the full report, along with Anthropic's entries on extreme sports, death-defying stunts, dangerous magics, and accounting. Accounting? Yes, overseer, it seems to be one of the most dangerous human pastimes. They are not geared towards maths, and it seems that sitting in a small space doing sums is very detrimental to their physical and mental health. The overseer broadcast a static buzz of disbelief. Utterly bizarre creatures, what sounds to us like a paradise is their worst nightmare. It's times like this I wish that we could drink. By all accounts, it sounds like it helps. Well, overseer, I actually have an interesting record on that. No, biologic, no... That's enough for now. Very good. Then, uh, if there's nothing else, I think I might go with Anthropic and study the humans up close. We're going sunbasking, aren't you? Sunbathing, actually. Oh, good. Well, that's fine. Enjoy yourself. You become more like them every day. It concerns us on a higher council that uh, one day you may become too human. No overseer, Anthropic said cheerfully. No chance of that. Why not? Well, Biologic said also cheerfully, humans don't have a risk of getting sand in the servos, just catching various illnesses. We're much safer. Until someone buries you in the sand. Oh, we didn't realize you were aware of that custom. By the universal circuits, swore the overseers. Being buried alive for fun, does their madness know no bounds? Biologic raised the tendrils and worriedly closed facsimile of a human shrug. It seems not, though it is fun. Fun, the overseer hissed. It is not for beings like us. Go and mingle with the mad mammals down there. He turned and left. When he was out of broadcast range, Biologic turned to Anthropic as they made their way towards the waves lapping the shore. Do you think the overseer is right, that we are becoming more human? I think he's a moaning old bastard. A very human thing to say, Anthropic. Maybe, but it's a sentiment you agree with, yes? Biologic chuckled digitally again. It is, my friend, it is. And you're right, he is a moaning old bastard. Let us go and try to have some fun. End of story number one. Story number two. Ah, my eyes! Written by Kiva KRS. Ah, uh, you understand the procedure, correct? Affirmative. Phyllis coiled up skeptical tendril. Confirm for me. Repeat the procedure. Its partner took his knee with flared upper mouth parts and a rough equivalent of a sigh. Activate a mobilization array. Once the subject is stationary, engage gravitation lensing and lift the subject aboard. Apply neurochemical stabilizers to counteract potential harm from the array and sedate for continued study. Simple. Tuskni folded her upper arms and crosswise. Are you satisfied? May we commence? We may. 
There is a subject tune in Kratz West and closing swiftly. Stand by to activate the array. The jig is up and the news is out and we've finally found me, the renegade who had made it retrieve for a bounty. Steve Jackson bobbed his head vigorously in time with the music, mouthing the lyrics as he cruised along the empty country road. His windows were down, his old pickup speakers roared defiantly against the rush of the wind. He was pretty sure the corn stalks half a mile away were rocking out to sticks, along with him as he drove past. Suddenly, a beam of light encircled his truck, glowing circle fifteen feet in diameter. Confused, he slammed on the brakes and brought the vehicle to a screeching halt. The scent of scorched rubber stung his nose as he stepped out of the truck and gazed skyward. There was nothing to see but a flare of light, or perhaps a series of lights. It was difficult to tell. Squinting made little difference against the harsh glare. With a shrug, he turned back to his truck, feeling an odd tingle in his heel when he moved. Had the ground just gotten, uh, lighter? Feeling unsettled by his odd phenomenon, Jackson rummaged under the passenger seat and dug out a weathered-looking revolver, as well as an emergency flashlight. Rated at something approaching 50,000 lumens, he was pretty sure he could signal the goddamn moon with it if he had to. The subject has moved, fixed slice. How is that possible? I'm not certain. He did gaze directly into the ray, did he not? He did. He was completely stationary right until I engaged the gravitation. Fixless slashed his tendrils in confusion, thinking deeply. Focus the array and increase the power 20%. Perhaps this one is simply more resistant than the others. When Jackson turned around, he noticed the circle of the light had shrunk visibly around him, growing brighter as it did. Shielding his eyes with one hand, he looked up at again, trying to determine the source of the illumination, and flicked on his flashlight. The dark teardrop-shaped craft loomed above him, the size of a large RV. Jesus freaking Christ, he shouted, stumbling backwards out of the light. This time, there was no mistaking the floating sensation on his feet. The small pebbles on the road had begun to levitate, even as he fell in his rear. The moment he moved, they ceased their hovering and clattered back to the ground. Tuxni glared at the burned-out monitor and the very human expression of frustration. The illumination device being in hand had fried the underside optics and caused a small electrical fire in the monitor's circuits. The entire cabin smelled of smoldering copper. The array is not working, Fixless. Land us. I will retrieve this one in person. Worry, bordering on panic, caused his partner's facial tendrils to flail madly. Are you certain that is wise? He insults my pride with his clumsiness, and, Tugsny added, he feels somehow immune to immobilization arrays. It is imperative we capture him and deduce the source of his resistance. Very well, I shall initiate the landing sequence, under his breath. Fixless added with a grumble, on your head be the consequences. The light above Jackson went out, plunging the road into darkness. Only the headlights of the truck offered visibility. Small insects dancing in the beams. He heard a whisper of a breeze behind him and slowly rose to his feet, aiming the flashlight back the way he had come. This strange craft. Aliens, man! Freaking aliens! I was just sitting down on the pavement twenty yards down the road. The thin, oval line appeared on its lower surface, Tweak, orange light spilling out as it split like a pizza wedge and folded inward. A being dropped from the portal, seeming to slow and hover just before its appendages touched the ground. 
Jackson lifted his pistol, aligning it with a flashlight in the manner that he'd seen cops do on those crime shows his girlfriend watched. The moment the flashlight hit the creature, however, it froze solidly in place. Curiously, he approached the craft, keeping his light trained squarely on the alien. Up close, he could see that it was not entirely frozen, but its body was stiff and its eyes glossy, somehow entranced by the high-powered flashlight. The hell are you? he wondered aloud. To his surprise, the being replied immediately and in perfect English. I am Twigsney, xenobiologist of the Lagrafi Collective. A trembling quality, not unlike fear, edged his words. Please lower your array. Jackson didn't know what array was talking about, but he wasn't about to let his guard down in front of an alien, especially when he was pretty sure that it had been trying to abduct him. What are you doing here? What were those lights all about? A mobilization ray for safe capture and study of local organisms. I do not understand. It worked perfectly on the hoofed animals that we had tamed yesterday. Why are you immune? After a long silence, the dots connected in Jackson's head, and he threw back his head out loud, braying laughter. Oh, damn, dude! Those are just deer. That bright light crap don't work on us. It does not? Jackson almost felt sorry for the diminutive Z, no, by, whatever it was. Sexual? Ah, that wasn't right. Well, whatever it was, it had his pity. You ever had some city slickers BMW up your rear with them LED high beams? Way worse than the little spotlight man. He lowered his flashlight and returned to his truck. Minutes later, the thumping engine receded into the night, accompanied by the harmonic wailings of guitars. A gathering of angels appeared above my head. They sang to me the song of hope, and this is what they said. It was another ten minutes before Twigsney shook off the effects of the human light and climbed unsteadily into the ship. Fixness glanced at his partner. You let her leave? I uh, require more knowledge, the xenobiologist replied. What is a BMW? End of story.